I'm Robbie McDonald. And I'm Jordan Lee. We're two writers who've been friends for 15 years. Recently, we both discovered we have the shared experience of figuring out we have ADHD in midlife. Holy Shit, I Have ADHD is a platform for adults discovering their neurodivergence, as well as a way to spread awareness of ADHD. This is a podcast about ADHD, hosted by two people with ADHD. While each episode has a general theme, our meandering trains of thought mean we often cover several other themes in the process. We are not experts, simply two people sharing their experiences of discovering their ADHD in midlife. If you suspect you or someone you know may have ADHD, speaking to a medical professional should be part of your discovery journey. It just startled me because I was like, oh, I got a minute. I'm just going to see what's happening on the CBC. And apparently there's these three rescue cats in Langford that have claimed this box, a Vitamix box of a blender. And they're not letting the owner open it. And they're taking turns sitting on it. And this has been happening apparently since mid-December. And I'm just like, that, I, like what? <laughs> like, why doesn't she just tell the cats to piss off and like open the box? I don't under- I, I don't get it. But but apparently it's like this viral thing where people are like, cats on a box. I don't know. Um, huh. Yeah. So now they've got like 19,000 people following this Facebook page about like their, wow. their chunky cats sitting on a vitamin <laughs> I feel like maybe that's just kind of where we're at societally right now, where it's just like the more absurd and less extreme and like just like weird is just like people are like, yeah, please, can I just have more of that? (laughs) Um, And I'm right there with them. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, uh, you know, I I think... I'm, I'm, as you're saying that, I'm thinking about it and doing a little bit of armchair kind of uh, uh, psychoanalyzing here and thinking that maybe it's because, like, we have seen so much absurdity in the last couple of years, mm-hmm. but it's all just, like, a, a very, very awful kind of absurdity. Mm-hmm. Like, it's absurd that this COVID shit is still going on. It's absurd that, you know, uh, we're reopening schools when cases are triple what they were the last time they closed schools. Mm-hmm. It's it's absurd that CERB was discontinued. Yeah. There's There's so many different absurdities, and so maybe it's just, like, Okay, yeah, the world can be absurd in a really fun way too. Mm-hmm. Maybe that that's part of like you know seeing seeing the um, I guess the good side of of limitless uh, what is the word I'm looking for entropy. Um, you know, like a, a, everything that's possible that, that could happen happening. So you start to see weirder and weirder things, and some of them are awful, but some of them are awful funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm feeling that. Like I I feel like. You know, this this squirrel that we nicknamed or I nicknamed Susan Sontag on our balcony, Mm -hmm. like like I have this weird relationship with her now because like we used to shoo her away. But I'm like right now we we have another atmospheric river. So there's probably going to be another flood and it's awful um, and it's raining really hard outside. But poor Susan Sontag is like taking refuge on our balcony because it's covered and yes, I put peanuts out for the crows and she's figured that out. So she takes uh-huh. them. But today <clears throat> she was also kind of into the bird seed and some, we have this like kind of cheap love seed outside, right? And <clears throat> it's like a, supposed to be wicker, but it's not really wicker anyway. Yeah. Rattan or something. Yeah. So she, um, it looked like she was eating the couch. And so I got really mad at her. The cushions aren't there, but just like the, 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 
the arms. Yeah, and the frame. I, and I was yeah. like, what are you doing, Susan? And I was like out there because she's at the point now where she's not really scared of me. She just kind of looks at me and gives me side eye when I come <laughs> outside because she knows I can't, I won't. But anyway, I was like, ah, and then Osvaldo came out and sprayed her. But she looked at both of us like she was just so deeply insulted by that. Betrayed. Like totally, but <laughs> total betrayal. It's like, I thought you were my friend. And then I saw her like running around in the parking lot. And I swear she looked up at me like, what did you just do? And I was like, I'm so sorry, Susan. But like, I feel like she's kind of a therapy squirrel at this point. Because it's just like, she entertains the living daylights out of both of us now. You know, yeah. and I think you're so right about that. Like, we're just like grasping for those little moments of of delight. Levity. Levity. Yeah. And just like. Susan, if you're listening, it's nothing personal. <laughs> it's just, uh, you know, furniture is expensive. Yeah. And I, you know, I bought that. I bought that thing at the beginning of the pandemic. Prior to that, I swear this little balcony of ours had like one chair on it. And I wouldn't even go out there because I felt like exposed because it just was mm. like south facing and I hated it. And then I bought this little love seat, and then I've built this little ecosystem out there where we've got all these little animals right. coming, and you know we have tomatoes in the summer and everything, and it's lovely. And I honestly don't know what I would do without that. Like the last two years, that's been a major mental health support for me. Yeah, you know, just having the, that little thing. And yeah, sure, I used to joke about killing plants, and now I'm like, what's going on with the monstera? Should I propagate more? I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, well, they're looking nice and healthy behind you. Um, yeah. I think you saw my tweet that I uh, I had my bird of paradise open a new leaf uh, this week, and that was very exciting for me. No, I missed it, Jordan. Tell, tell us more about that, because I didn't see that. Well, I just tweeted something about um, I, I had been working, and I was doing some, some verbal kind of work. I was writing, uh, so I couldn't listen to music or whatever, because I had to concentrate. And I kept hearing this fucking weird, like, squeaking sound. This kind of, it sounded like somebody was dragging a chair with rubber feet across a floor mm. somewhere far away. And then, um, yeah, eventually I realized that what it was was uh, the spear-shaped uh, uh, new leaf that the Bird of Paradise plant had grown was now unrolling itself. So that was the sound because it's a fairly rubbery leaf because it's a succulent. Uh -huh. So that was just the leaf rubbing against itself as it kind of opened up out of this spiral. Wow. So it took about a day and a half, um, but it was really cool to see. And, you know, like, uh, it's funny. I was talking to a friend of mine yesterday and uh, and they were saying that, like, yeah, you know, um, these are these are actually fuck it. It's, well, I mean, my dad is a friend of mine, but it was my dad I was talking to. I thought it was someone else. Um, <laughs> but yeah. And he was saying that, like, yeah, this is this is. One of the interesting things of having kind of the scope of our worlds reduced so much in the last uh, the last 18 months, two years mm. is, you know, you do start to kind of notice um, those those little things. I remember reading an essay um, probably about two, three years ago about um, this woman who had a severe burnout and just mm. took like six months and just kind of sat in her backyard on a chaise. Mm. Um, and, and she wrote a really good piece about kind of just like shrinking her world very small and just noticing all these kind of um, uh, quotidian day-to-day -day kind of changes happening around her. And um, yeah, and that's mm. something I, I'd never have really noticed before um, uh, with, with plants. But now that I'm kind of like, you know, taking care of a few of them and whatever, it's, mm. uh, yeah, it was kind of a neat little like mark of the passage of time, I guess. 
Oh, I really appreciate that, Jordan. And I love the idea of that essay, if you ever think of it, to link it to me. Yeah, I'll try and find it. I wish I could remember who it was. Because those are the kinds of things, like, I'm just, I'm keenly aware of that now, too. Like, the things that, like, where I was at in early 2020 and where I'm at now, and they are quite different. You know, since I've moved to Vancouver, I definitely have become more, I'd say, connected with the natural world. And it's become, like, a really big part of my life. Um but yeah, during the pandemic, like the the things that I I never I would I would never have really even attempted before. But yeah, like when an astrotedium comes like bursting out, I'm just like excited for days, you know. And and maybe that is kind of um, I think we are actually kind of wired for that, you know, like to be more attuned to our natural environment. We've just been programmed out of it in the way that our systems work. Um, and ADHD, you know, like we. Um, are in a way kind of gifted with that sort of um, panoramic attention. Like that's what I'm kind of trying to view it these days where it's like I am like keenly aware of like all the things happen- happening simultaneously. Even with my hearing loss, I hear everything all at once and it causes me some distress. But I think that there's a lot to be tapped into there. Like like being in the natural world um, and if my nervous system is allowed to calm down enough, like actually being able to hear things like water dripping from the trees and um, maybe even some of the birds, depending on if I'm wearing hearing aids. Um, but yeah, it's uh, like, I do feel that we're more built for that than people realize and whether or not you're, you know, neurodivergent, I think just, we just really need that. Um, and I really feel that pull right now. And there was a, um, we can probably link it in the show notes, but there was an excellent, another excellent on being episode with an audio ecologist um, from the Pacific mm. Northwest who who goes to what he calls the world's quiet places 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 um, because <laughs> because he he acknowledges there's no such thing as silence in a world like with a with a atmosphere like ours but there are places of quiet and he said that in the United States anyway they're really shrinking in number um, so there's these mm-hmm. places that you can actually go where you can hear sounds that are like miles and miles away because there is no traffic there's no sirens there's nothing flying overhead really close by and he like he records them and he's done like soundtracks for film and stuff like that but yeah that just really got me excited thinking about about how how i'm naturally attuned to that and um and we'll probably get into this but thinking about how medication can help us monofocus, but it, it also definitely reduces my panoramic thinking. And I feel like I'm missing that right now. Hmm. Yeah, that's that's very interesting. Um, mm. So I, I made a couple notes while you were talking there because there's a few things I wanted to talk about a little bit. Um, mm. So the kind of panoramic attention thing, as you phrased it, I really like that. I've always thought of it as, as kind of peripheral attention. Mm. I think panoramic captures it a lot better. Mm. Um, and I think that that's... There's uh, a number of ADHD people that I know who during the, I'm sure there's a lot of neurotypical people too, but uh, who during the pandemic have gotten into uh, birding because Mm. it's something that you can do outdoors where it's safe. You can do it with people, you're distanced, whatever, and it's free. And there's a lot of uh, people uh, who are making less money than they did before the pandemic. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's interesting. I think that that is a very good kind of activity for people like us that have that kind of panoramic attention um, because, you know, the, the aim of it is to just literally walk around and just like 
keep your eyes open and, and yeah. see what you notice and, and let yourself kind of dart around and, and, and aim your attention on a bunch of different little pinpoints at once. Mm-hmm. Um, I also think, and, and of course, there's, a, there's an element of, uh, I almost called it the cunning Druger effect. What uh, is the that? Dunning-Kruger <laughs> effect here. Um, <laughs> where uh, uh, I think that I'm a very good driver. Um, I, uh, I don't have any way of proving this because of course it's fantastically expensive to get involved in track racing, but I think Mm. that if I had the resources to become like an amateur track driver, that's something I would be good at and I think would be fun. And I think that that's also a big part of that is that awareness that comes with kind of having, you know, a thousand different points of attention that you're kind of always flitting between. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think, I think that there are a lot of activities that, uh, engage that part of your brain really well. And I'm trying to find kind of more of that stuff. Mm. Um, and then on the topic of uh, sound recording and, and recording nature, um, there's a guy from Australia uh, named Lawrence English. Um, mm-hmm. So he's an ambient sound artist, does a label called Room 40. And yeah, he, ha- he has hours and hours of free material up online of you know, amazing recordings from not only quiet, natural places, but also very, very loud ones, um, you know, uh, material with with animals eating their prey, mm. uh, all, all kinds of like wild field recording of different environments. But um, yeah, definitely something to check out if you're if you're interested in that kind of uh, ambient sound art stuff. Yeah, I would be super keen on that. Um, I'm kind of in this weird Again, another liminal thing. I feel like just everything is liminal these days, but <clears throat> excuse me, I'm, I'm sneezing a little bit because one of the medications I take makes me sneeze when I first take it. So oh. um, yeah, it'll, it'll pass. Um, is it ginger? Uh, no, no, it's not ginger. This is actually the, uh, the bupropion that I'm trying to kind of phase off, oh, phase yeah, off nice. it eventually. But anyway, um, what I was going to say is... What the heck was I going to say? I just distra- I'm so sorry. I just distracted myself. Oh my goodness! <laughs> I wow. Um, okay, we were talking about about sound art. Yeah. Uh, so maybe it's something to do with listening. Oh, the uh, liminal and, and, and attention. Yes. Right, liminal. Liminal. Right. So um, I'm in this process of getting some some new hearing aids because the ones that I have mm. have they expired about a year ago. So they squawk and they're, they, they go from like not really working to like working way too much. And it causes my, <laughs> you know, like just causes me a lot of stress. So, um, I am going to see, um, the audiologist, um, on, I've had to wait list. So I'm, th- I'm going to be there on January 20th. <clears throat> so this is all really good news. Right. But this is one of the things that like, I haven't, I haven't been hearing a lot lately and it, it it's hard for me. Um, mm. and even with the earbuds and, um, with a new phone, cause I took, you know, I took advantage of a deal through my phone provider. Yeah, you mentioned that. Um, and you know, it's a sexy little thing, right? This like iPhone 13 is all red and mm-hmm. pretty. Um, but, uh, it'll be great. Um, if once I can get hearing aids paired to that, cause I don't really have the money to invest in a pair of the earbuds cause they no longer come with them. And the earbuds I have for my own phone are compatible with this, et cetera, et cetera. Um, yep. so I'm just kind of going through this, like, okay, n- n- can we just get this taken care of? And then like literally before we were, um, literally, well, just before we were about to, to start recording today, I get this call from the Wayfront Center where my audiologist uh, has been, um, situated from somebody in management saying my audiologist has resigned, but she's mm. still going to do my tests, but then somebody else is going to come in, take over my file so that'll be the third audiologist I've been through in the last like two, oh, two or three years. 
Um, and because I'm working with this, with this, um, uh, I, there's no other word for it. They're a charity basically. And they provide assistive technology for people and it's funded by a wealthy mm -hmm. family. Um, and they're just waiting for that test result before they can start the process of getting me these right. things. Right. So I'm like, Oh God, is she just going to do my test? And then I'm, am I just going to get sucked up into some vortex of things and they'll forget about <laughs> me. And so I had all this anxiety and that's probably why I was like, looking for cats sitting on a box before we got on the call. Cause I wanted to distract myself from that existential fear of like, you know, um, of just, I mean, I, there's part of me that's like very accepting of my hearing loss. And then there's another part of me that isn't ready to give up things like birdsong and con mm -hmm. conversation. Like <laughs> that's key. I mean, it's great when it's yeah. you and I, Jordan, and I can see your face. I don't even have the captions turned on in this context cause I don't need them. Um, but I do when there's more than one person on a screen um, and, um, and I realize I'm talking a lot here, but I had to go pick up a prescription the other day and when I, or I went to drop it off and there's a fellow who works at London drugs, who's burned out. Like he's one, he's mm. one of the pharmacy assistants and I see it and I feel so much compassion for him because I'm sure people scream at him all the time. I'm sure. There's all kinds of things with masks. Um, and I think he might also be hard of hearing. But every time I go in, and if I'm wearing an earlobe mask, I, I don't wear my hearing aids because it, it actually hurts. Sure. So I've stopped. Um, so um, I usually say I'm deaf and can you write things down? And I'm pretty calm about it. But the other day, I think he was just at the end of his tether. <laughs> like He mm. was just like, ugh. And then he just went, come back tomorrow. And he just kind of like threw his arms in the air. And I just kind of like left there with my tail between my legs. And then I was no like, okay. Should I try to, like, what can I do here, like, to educate him a bit more? And sure enough, when I went to pick up my meds the next day, it was him again. It was earlier in the day. He looked like maybe he'd had some sleep. Um, and he was a bit better. And I was just like, I just said very calmly, just so you know, I'm deaf. So please be gentle with me. And he was like, yes, of course. And he was he was fine. And he just gave me my prescription. And But he, I think, is somebody who probably is not well-suited for front facing work anyway is probably a job he just needs a job and I totally respect that but sometimes I get really tired of people treating me that way like mm -hmm. out in public because they're frustrated and everybody's frustrated right now but I'm always the one that has to adapt and educate people about it and it's sometimes I just feel like crying because I'm just like yep. can you just please write it down like it's not that hard you know Anyway, I'm not going to let myself get upset about it, but no, you know. there's, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to, cause we're all, whoever it is that we're interacting with really have no bearing on why we're all in this shitty situation we are mm. and why we're feeling the feelings that we are. It's, it's a, a, a layer of people much higher that we don't interact with that are, you know, that, that called the shots that put us in this situation. Yeah. But at the same time, mm -hmm. yeah, you know, like everybody is overburdened. Everybody's overworked and underpaid and stretched thin. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it's it's very, very difficult, even though it's easy, <laughs> like, because you're, you're doing it right here. It's very easy to intellectually recognize that this has nothing to do with me. This guy is is in a bad situation. Mm -hmm. He's, you know, he's at a pharmacy. He's around probably people who are potential um, um <clears throat> I almost said COVID bearers, right, but, but, carriers. Yeah, but potentially infected co carriers. Thank you. <laughs> um, uh, while they're getting their tests and whatnot, that's got to be a source of just like, you know, ambient stress. Mm -hmm. um, and, and so it's very easy to intellectually recognize that like this guy is going through a lot of fucking shit right now. And I'm sure that like 
this really has nothing to do with me. Yeah. But at the same time, it's hard, especially, you know, if you're a person that deals with RSD, to recognize that this this really, really does have nothing to do with me. Yeah. Like it's it it's it sounds it sounds like you're this parent version of yourself trying to talk the kid version of yourself out of a tree and mm -hmm. be like, you're being ridiculous. Like, this is really nothing to do with you. Mm -hmm. um, but then the the little kid part of you is like, everyone hates me. <laughs> what? No one wants to be my friend. Right. <laughs> and that's, you know, that's that that's it's it's hard to fucking even though you recognize the immaturity mm -hmm. in that voice it's hard to silence that voice sometimes right so. and that's why like you get so many like i want to speak to the manager types because they don't actually realize that that's why they feel that way right and that, like well, it briefly passed my mind like should i call and talk to somebody and i was like oh god no don't get that poor man in trouble he's probably just hanging on by a thread <laughs> you know i would never yeah, do exactly. that you know um but it actually just reminded me of something in the conversation with that um that acoustic um ecologist um, and I can't remember his name right now of course but we'll link it maybe in the show notes but he talked about how when it comes to sounds and um, how we're kind of equipped the people's empathy has been recorded as being reduced in loud situations so when people mm. can't understand what he said is kind of at the base of it or the core of it is that when people don't understand tone and they don't understand, like, the words can be the same, but if the tone, you can say one thing with a different tone of voice and it'll land completely differently. But in, in sure. really busy, chaotic environments, like a pharmacy at a major store in a busy section of Vancouver, this guy is probably hearing sounds from all over all the time, babies crying, people complaining, people bitching about this and that, the other thing. And then his empathy is going to get eroded because of that. And, I, you know, I, I don't know anything about his life, but... You know, he probably has family members, people that he loves, and it's probably a completely different thing, right? But I can see that, and I could see it happen in myself in chaotic environments. I feel sometimes underneath the fear, I'll, I'll feel rage. I'll get really pissy. Um, so I think that there's that element also at play, too. Like, yeah, that we're dealing with decisions being made we have no control over. This grueling uncertainty has been unfolding for two fucking years. And then, you know, you're like just trying to do a job, right? And then people are coming up and like asking where the eye drops are and like they've got a screaming toddler and then somebody else pulls their mask down to yell shit at you. And it's just like, yeah, I just really feel this pain. But I, I thought that was a really interesting piece about like we need we need tone, like we need to understand um, why, like what the what the emotional intent of the person we're talking to is. And if we can't, then we just fill in the blanks. And sometimes the blanks are wrong. I do it all the time. <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. No, it's, it's, <laughs> I, I've been dealing with a lot of the same thing lately of just like, you know, um, either finding myself getting angry at someone um, and, and wanting to like lash out or else being on the other end of someone else lashing out mm. and, and having to be like, okay, like, like, don't take it personally. Um, yeah. So, you know, the, the mask thing, something I, I was out uh, uh, getting groceries the other day and I saw some woman just like pull down her mask to start talking on her phone because like, you know, I, I she's concerned she can't enunciate clearly enough or whatever with this mask on. And I'm just like, what the fuck, lady? <laughs> and then like, like round another corner and there's just like some woman just straight up walking around no mask or anything. And I was just like so frustrated and and just like pacing around, getting my groceries and trying to get out of there as fast as possible. Mm -hmm. And then I'm just like, 
I should fucking go give that woman a piece of my mind, blah, blah, blah. Mm. And it's just like, you know, like, so, so, so what's, what would come of that? Like, if I fucking go up to this lady and I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with you, you piece of shit? Put your fucking mask on. <laughs> and, and like, just, just, just yell at this lady, this like, I don't know, she's probably about 45 or something in front of her daughter. And just like, you know, and, and, and just kind of. Where, where where does that where does that get me? Okay, so so let's say that she does put the mask on. Like, cool. I I guess like I won, but I look like a fucking asshole. Yeah. I'm I'm some some fucking man just like screaming at this woman in the grocery store and and just like, well, I'm I'm on the right side of it. But again, the the the. That lady is not the cause of all this shit. You, mm. you can argue that those people in aggregate are, which is, you know, the kind of like tragedy of the commons, which we've talked about on here before. Mm -hmm. um, but she personally is not the reason that restaurants are still open. She's not the reason that, you know, it's so hard to get a fucking PCR test. Yeah. She, she's not the reason for any of this shit. She's not responsible for any of that. And so... If, if, if anything else, it may feel good, it may feel like righteous anger, but it's still misdirected anger. Yeah. Um, and so I was on the other end of that this week uh, mm -hmm. from some, some woman out in Florida who, like, her, so she, she ordered something from me, a hat, I think, and it was uh, arriving late. Um, I think like like a day late or something. And this was nothing to do with me. I got the thing to them on time. Everything got, you know, uh, uh, out on the schedule that it needed to from my end. But, you know, everybody's seen, well, I shouldn't say everybody. Anyone who's aware of what's going on with the USPS knows that it was already underfunded and stretched mm -hmm. before Louis DeJoy came in. And now it is completely fucked. Like, and, and they, they've now given Louis DeJoy, like, a podcast about the USPS, but that's neither what? here nor there. Um, huh. So, anyway, uh, I, I just I just got this, like, totally fucking, it's just, 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 she, she immediately, the second this thing didn't arrive on time, despite she could check the tracking and see that it, you know, the USPS had delayed it, she immediately opened, like, an item not received case and, like, sent me this fucking email, like, like like, I expect blah, blah, blah. And I ordered this thing and it was said it would be here by the 10th. And I'm like, look, I, I know that the, the USPS is failing both of us right now. You're mad because they said it would be there by the 10th. They also told me it would be there <laughs> by the 10th. I paid them to get it there by the 10th. Like, we're both getting fucked here. This isn't, this isn't anything to do with me. Mm. And that's, that. What, what's so frustrating about it is, it's it's that that negativity bias because this this honestly this sort of thing happens to me probably once a year once every year and a half maybe it's not often at all mm. but I I've had a bad taste in my mouth about it for like over a week it's just it's it's pissed me off and I think what pissed me off the most about it is it was a fucking fifteen dollar order right <laughs> like it's 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 never the people that are ordering like the crazy real cool vintage shit that they're paying hundred dollars for that get up in my ass about things it's always the people that want the fucking bargains and the cheap shit it never fucking fails mm -hmm. sorry that was a lot of rant and a lot of swears right there but, <laughs> but i feel like that's so true right and it, again it comes back to people that have not done enough like self-exploration to understand where that anger is actually coming from um and they just blame it on people that are providing them with some kind of service you see it all the time right people are like i mean when i worked briefly at a call center, right? People would just like unload on me about like not being able to log yep. into something. And it's like, this is not about this. This is about something else that you have not coped with well. 
Um, and yeah, I feel like I feel like that's so unfair to you. But at the same time, um, at the beginning of the pandemic, when I was working at my old job, and I started using a grocery delivery thing from Spud, and because everybody in the lower man lane mainland, my voice, my words are mixed up today. Everybody in the lower mainland that had access to the funds and a credit card was ordering their groceries online because everybody was scared, right? So there was shortages of things. Things were delayed. There was glitches. There was all kinds of problems. <clears throat> and at one point, I remember like calling somebody and just kind of unloading on her like for like five minutes about like, you know, we still had food left. We were not in crisis. And then <laughs> afterwards, I was like, oh, I'm the asshole. <laughs> and then I called and I apologized because I was like, that was totally unnecessary. And I am so sorry because it was like, not her fault. She has no agency. This is somebody making 15 bucks an hour at a call center. Um, <clears throat> but I know that like that fear and like when people aren't getting like what they perceive to be an immediate need, man, and it is mostly people that are highly resources, resource that have like tons of food already. They're just upset that they can't make cannelloni or whatever. And it's like, <laughs> come on, like, you know, um, and I think that we've kind of been conditioned as a society of like the whole customer is always right thing. And I think some people still are buying into that. And it's like, well, <laughs> like, that, that's been insane to me since I was a teenager. And that's actually uh, I firmly stand behind um, a in my own business practices mm -hmm. for better and worse. I stand firmly behind a like the customer is very often wrong policy. Mm. And honestly, more often than not, when I get like tire kicky kind of like questions or or, you know, people wanting to haggle over price and stuff, it's almost never worth it to even bother engaging because mm. like. Uh, you know, I I went back and forth with this guy before Christmas about this uh, cashmere overcoat he wanted to buy. And again, I probably spent total writing these different emails and answering his questions and blah, 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 probably about 35 minutes of my time. And then, of course, he never bought it in the end. And And every time without fail, when people send me, you know, an offer for a lower price than what I have it listed for or whatever, I almost always ignore it. And it usually sells a couple of days later to someone else. And that's why... I never worry about about an individual customer because customers in aggregate, there's always another one. Mm. There's there's always someone that wants the stuff that I have for sale. And so I would rather just like have stuff go out the door a little bit slower, but not have to deal with what I consider the really kind of punishing aspects of like, you know, online retail. So Yeah. Well said, Jordan. Yeah. And I and I <laughs> think just it's a, kind of a good policy to have as well, right? Like whether you're providing a service or, you know, if somebody is like, like what I experienced not that long ago, somebody wants to meet on a Sunday and they want to take two hours of your time right. and not pay you. And then they want you to write some things for free. And then they want you to do that three times before you can even set up an invoice. And then you have to do that through a finance department. And then it's like net 60. It's like, you just got like, what, at least 10 hours of free shit, like a minimum of $500 worth of value from me. And I got nothing. Great. Yeah. You know, <laughs> so I'm. <laughs> oh, sign me yeah, up. Yeah, please. More of that. So um, I'm actually really uh, grateful right now because a woman that uh, reached out to me a while ago, who I think I've mentioned her before, she had interviewed me yeah. and then wanted to do some work. Very clear from the outset, like meetings are paid. Um, what's your rate? Yes, that's reasonable. Here's here. Send me a void check, like all that kind of stuff. So it's all very like um, on the up and up, um, which I'm grateful for. 
Um, but yeah, just kind of in general, I love that you're like pouring yourself a cup of tea. People be able to hear that too. I love Indeed. it. Well, that, that's I, I always mute this stuff in the edit. Oh. Um, Oh, and actually, speaking of which, uh, on that note, uh, you mentioned last episode that we might be able to do the video. Mm. Um, I actually realized that because of the workflow, um, if we were to do that, I would basically have to edit the episode twice or use the Zoom audio for the show, which is a lot lower quality. I see. So mm. I, I think I think that video will be a maybe mm. uh, and something further out in the future. Um, but it, what what I think it would probably be like, we probably just better to link the full unedited files because uh, frankly, I don't want to edit a video and audio. No, I t and I <laughs> totally hear you, Jordan. And so that's why I kind of feel like maybe if we, if when we do um, video, we can just do that as a separate piece, like that, like something that I could like find a, you know, a captioning thing or whatever, and that can live on a, on the, on another channel. Yeah, I think we just have to live on the Patreon just because um, yeah. I think you mentioned <laughs> that that Spotify does video, which is cool. Yeah. Um, but because I'm uploading the the audio mixed versions to anchor which ends up on spotify i, I don't know yeah mm. if i would have to use like the video version as the new master version because yeah. presumably the video would be the master and then they would extract the audio from that for customers who aren't using the video version got it but anyway this is all inside baseball bullshit <laughs> <now>. <laughs> but no, it's, i think it's good learning though i think that like that like mm -hmm. it's all really interesting because i you know like i think we, we've both been prone to this it's like we over like overdo things, right? It's like, I didn't know you were going to do this. So I went and I like did all these things, but I didn't need to do those things because they were already being done over here. And the, right. yeah, so it's good that we are talking about that. Um, and I realized too, like, we're just kind of like riffing a little bit today, but we were going to talk a little bit about um, something that I came across on Instagram the other day um, from, um, from Jess and her uh, Instagram handle is Queer Vengeance. And um, I don't know if you follow her, Jordan. Do you follow her? Them? No, Them, I, uh, I have been. Oh, I, I have been like. I'm not going to say completely off Instagram, mm. but I'm, I'm barely mm. on there. I just like I've said before on the show about how <laughs> it's the one social platform that I do find really kind of like anxiety mm. generating for some reason. Um, and then, yeah, I just like, I don't know. Uh, yeah, just just don't want to hang out on IG. But anyway, tell mm, me about. I this. believe they're also on uh, on Twitter, but um, they are um, really really smart, and they're somebody with the you know the lived experience of ADHD, but they're also um, really critical from like an academic standpoint. And they mm. posted something um, the other day about market share of ADHD, and I was like, what? What do you mean market share? Like I just kind of felt this like. Pardon? And then I just started reading about it and I was like, oh my goodness. Like, I know that um, there is this whole idea, you know, where that documentary that was um, on Netflix to so take your pills that kind of pissed me off and things like that because it was a very one sided thing. Um, but this is somebody who's coming from like a critical ADHD study standpoint and um, looking at um, how psychiatric medications are marketed to people and how, mm. and how ADHD is, um, framed, um, and how, you know, there's some people will say that, oh, if it weren't for capitalism, I wouldn't have ADHD. Well, no, you still would. Um, it's just that the expectations of you in a different context will be different. So you might not need to take medications, but all that said is she, they had pointed to, um, something very interesting that I was thinking about 
earlier in our conversation is like my my panoramic um, awareness, right? And mm. how ADHD right. medications are really good for keeping me like hyper-focused on things and like calming me down. My anxiety goes down because my dopamine levels have been like um, artificially elevated. And those things are good as I'm kind of getting through this like incredibly stressful period. Um, but I just, I just thought it was really interesting if I could read a quote from this um, sure, essay yeah. that they had posted that uh, psychiatric medications can be a tool for coping with capitalism, but viewing them as targeted treatment for chemical imbalance is scientifically inaccurate and depoliticizes worker suffering. And like very much kind of ties into a lot of what Devin Price speaks about too, but I was kind of like, oh, (laughs) I just kind of felt that in the gut. Um, And we were going to talk a little bit about ethics and all that kind of stuff, but I just thought like, I'm curious what you think about that. Uh, Um, Like about, well, okay. So uh, I agree with you that I I think that, that it's not that you wouldn't have ADHD. Your brain would still function in a different way from the average person, Mm. but it would, it wouldn't be, um, you know, seen as maybe, maybe not seen as deviant. Mm. Um, cause, cause that's, that's kind of, it's, it's, it's stigmatized because there's a perception that people with ADHD aren't as productive as neurotypical people. And of course, productivity above all in this kind of like, uh, uh, Protestant, um, uh, version of capitalism mm. that dominates. Uh, and, and so, yeah, so, so I think that, that that's not wrong at all that, you know, um, presumably when they say in a world without capitalism, we're not talking about feudalism or fascism or mm-hmm. something. And we're talking about some sort of more egalitarian arrangement. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so yeah, presuming in that world that like everybody's kind of got uh, their, their, their needs taken care of. Um, I think that that's totally right. That like there would be, um, you know, maybe people thought of a different way. I saw a, a post a while ago on Twitter that I thought was very funny by a, a trans woman who was saying that like, you know, uh, 4,000 years ago, I would have been like a revered uh, priestess mm. in, in my tribe or whatever and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And I thought that that was really interesting and kind of like kind of a similar theme, kind of like mapped. Uh, but um, yeah, and sorry, what was what was the second part that you mentioned uh, 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 that you were kind of asking me about? Because I feel like there was two um, elements. Well, that the the well so you, you kind of touched on the d politicizes worker suffering um yes right yes no the chemical imbalance yes. thing uh that i think is also a good one to talk about um so uh that that is something that i've really i have fucking pinballed back and forth yeah. about um over the years about this kind of um am am i depressed because of you know the way that the world is, or am I depressed because I am predisposed to that? Um, and so, yeah, so, so I, I went, uh, let me see here. When would this have been spring 2020? I went off my SSRIs, um, because of, of side effects and, um, yeah. And, and so it was fine for a while. And then, I really had a really awful spell, um, whatever that would have been last spring. So spring 2021. Mm. Um, so I, I was off, I was off SSRIs for probably close to a year. 
Um, and I didn't make the connection at the time because, again, I, I perceived that the reason that I was feeling like shit all the time and, and things kind of weren't getting better, quote unquote, in my head was because things weren't getting better in my life. Mm. I wasn't getting uh, 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 calls for interviews on any of the applications I was sending out. I couldn't sell shit. I couldn't book clients, all this kind of stuff. And so it becomes at a certain point a chicken and egg question. Mm. Um, and so I started, we've talked about on the show, SSRIs again. Um, I want to say this past summer, and I am feeling a lot better. And uh, But again, though, it becomes a chicken and egg question of like, am I feeling better and able to get more stuff done because I'm back taking these meds? Mm. Um, or am I feeling better because I'm getting more stuff done and, yeah. and, you know, things are selling and I am booking some, some styling clients and all that kind of stuff. And so that helps me feel better too. Mm -hmm. Um, all that said now, um, I really don't feel like I've dealt with seasonal affective stuff, uh, this year at all either. Usually that kind of hits hardest in February. So knock wood, mm -hmm. but, um, yeah, I, 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 that's just something that I kind of noticed, though. Um, so, so yeah, I, I think that I'm, I'm really divided about whether I would long term stay on on SSRIs. Um, I feel like they're definitely helping me right now because um, I just need the extra boost to my overall kind of like emotional baseline. Because the world is very hard for me right yeah. now. Like I'm I'm dealing with a lot of shit personally and, and a lot of uncertainty around like money and a lot of other stuff. Mm -hmm. And then of course there's everything going on in the world too. So th this is where I need to be for now and I'm happy enough. But you know, uh, a couple years down the road, if things are better, um, yeah, I don't know. It, it might be something that I would look at at going off of again. But mm -hmm having that awareness and kind of keeping an eye out and, and being able to say to myself, if I, if, if I emotionally get to a, a low point again, to, to have the, the, the uh, awareness to say like, Hey, remember you got off SSRIs too. Like mm -hmm. this, this might be to do with that. And, and, you know, maybe I'm sure there's a lot of people who, who are, on SSRIs, regardless of their kind of like emotional baseline at any given point, mm -hmm. because that's just like what they feel is good. Um, yeah. But yeah, I've my I, I've always kind of like resisted when possible pharmaceutical intervention. Mm -hmm. uh, historically, I don't know what that was based in. I feel like it was kind of based in um, this kind of like. Did you know who John Zerzan is? No, no, John Zerzan. So Zerzan is like, he's he's what you'd call an, uh, an anarcho-primitivist, uh, someone that believes that technology itself fundamentally uh, uh, makes humans, it, it, it fundamentally makes humans less happy in, ah. in human society. And so it's like, let's go back to caveman kind of <laughs> shit. And there was... There was, for various reasons, a, a lot of appeal to that to me as a teenager mm -hmm. of, of just like this idea of just, you know, um, um, hunter-gatherer anarchism or something mm -hmm. like that. And, and so, you know, it's funny because a lot of these kind of like 
anti-vax beliefs, blah, blah, blah. People think of it as being right-wingers. And that's true often, but it's also a lot of kind of uh, what you call kind of like fluffy liberals, people who are like kind of into like health and wellness stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, they like they have the right opinions about gay marriage and whatever, but but not about this other thing or it's not right from my perspective. Mm -hmm. But anyway, that's a very long winded Mm -hmm. way of saying that that these kinds of. um, Yeah, uh, uh, I guess what you'd call regressive ideas. can be apolitical but yeah that 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 took me a long time to kind of shed but i recognize that i still have the vestiges of that um i i generally if i'm if i've got a headache or something i won't take uh an aspirin or anything like that um and and yeah and i generally just kind of like am am predisposed um with no real reason or at least not one that i can that i can concretely lay out to be like i you know uh, a, a human is in a better state without mm-hmm. this thing uh, inside of mm-hmm. them, and that's that's. I feel like maybe uh, maybe a statement whose value I should reevaluate. But uh, mm. yeah, um, yeah. That that that's I guess my kind of like meds perspective on that front. So. Oh, that's so interesting <clears throat> because I'm I'm kind of in the midst of this um, process right now where I. I talked to my doctor last week and I was like, I'm going to try to phase off the bupropion. And she was like, okay, so you can't really cut those ones in half because they're time release and you're already on the lowest dose. So just, you know, do it every other day or whatever. And I was kind of like a week into that. And then again, chicken and egg, um, like for a couple days, I felt really, really low, really, really futile. Um, and unproductive, uh, insomnia came roaring back like two nights in a row. Wow. And then yesterday during like right as I was and yesterday just started off bad because I only had about three hours of sleep. I had my um, my <clears throat> class with with SFU, which is like three hours long and we do it all online. And I had like managed to get myself in front of my computer and then the migraine hit. And yeah. <clears throat> migraines for me these days are the best way I can describe it. It's like um, you get this kind of like hazy circle that forms like in the middle of my eyes. And, and then it's like, you're looking through a swimming pool, but the bottom of the swimming pool and everything you want to see is shifting. Um, and no matter where you put your eyes, the swimming pool, the shifty swimming pool kind of follows you around. And then the nausea kind of, and the vertigo sort of come roaring up. And that happened yesterday, starting at about nine o'clock. And I was just doing everything I could to try to still do it. And then I just had to turn my camera off and just be like, I'm just going to lie yeah. down. And and that was helpful. Um, and then eventually it passed. But what it made me understand is that, um, I, well, it's making me question, I should say, whether mm. it's a good time for me to try to phase off this. I've only been on them for two and a half, three months. Yeah, I was going to say this was pretty because you were just talking about that when I was out there in October. Yeah, so I, I haven't even been on them for that long. But this is kind of my brain uh, saying, I don't want to, I don't want my brain to be completely altered by these in the long term. I know they're hard to get off. And even after just like a day or two of trying to get off them, I felt like the headaches and the nausea. And my doctor said, you'll feel like you have the flu. And I'm like, now mm. is not the right time for me to question whether I have the flu because there's no tests available in my area and I don't want to risk, um, I'm not going to go stand in a lineup with other potentially sick people. It's not happening in the rain. Fuck yeah. it. So I just kind of like, okay, I'm just going to go back on them 
Um, the other side effect that I don't welcome is that they cause like these intermittent hot flashes and I'm already dealing with mm. trying to figure out that thing. Uh, so, sure. you know, I'm seeing a specialist at the end of the month that'll help with that, but I'm kind of with you on the idea of like, is, is the medication, um, is the medication doing the desired thing? Like in the case of bupropion, it, it like elevates the things. And I know it's often used as an off label for ADHD, um, for people that don't tolerate stimulants. Right. So, um, it does kind of help with my energy. It helps me feel a little less despondent. Um, and then when I take the ADHD medication as well, I feel like I'm, I can be pretty articulate and productive. Um, but I'm not as able to, um, again, have that kind of like panoramic awareness and the kind of design thinking and the, the, the creative spontaneity that I would like. And aside from the podcast that I'm doing with you, I don't feel that I have, that I've been very creative. And that's the thing mm. that I'm really missing. And I'm just trying to figure out, like, how can I bridge from where I am now with the medications so that I can kind of come back into that, like, um, more limber place of creativity. Um, and I know, like, my financial life has to come first. I'm still pursuing getting a job. I have, like, a small contract, but I need more work. Um, so I don't know if that's just, like, my working class upbringing. It's just, like, you're not allowed to have fun until the bills are paid. Um, and... I, I just kind of wonder if that's if that's what's holding me back or are the medications numbing me creatively? And so there's no answer in any of this. I just I just thought it'd be interesting to talk to you about it, see what your perspective is. Because um, I, yeah, again, I don't want to be on medication forever. I want to try psychedelics down the line when, when it's safe to do so and when I've researched it thoroughly. Um, but yeah, I'm not just going to go buy Molly from some guy on the street and then like <laughs> run around in the woods or anything like that. But like, yeah, I just, um, yeah, it's, it's a tricky place to be in because there's so, there's so, it's just all this grueling uncertainty that's layered on top of it too. It's just like, yep. uh, can we just for a minute, just like not, I mean, it was a relief not having to look at some of that stuff for about 10 days over the holidays, mm -hmm. but it's still there. <sighs> Yeah, I found um, just going back to the migraine thing for a second. I I woke up when would that have been Monday um, with just like I I felt hungover. Um, mm. I I just had like a pounding headache and like this this horrible nausea all day. Um, and now I'm wondering because I feel like that was when the Chinook front was starting to come in. Mm. I wonder if I may have had a, a mild migraine that day. Um, cause yeah, I just, I had, like I said, I've only ever had the one when I was out in Vancouver and so that didn't even come to mind, but I was just like, it, it felt like I had been out drinking all night, <laughs> which of course that hasn't happened for a mm, while. So <laughs> that's, oh, you you reminded me of that too, because migraines are new to me since I moved to Vancouver. So there could also be, mm. there was a significant change in air pressure yesterday. We went from like, right. we went from like the weather here is just like people, somebody was calling it like the front row seat to the climate crisis because it's just like, you know, like. <laughs> We had like weird snow, minus wrong. 10 snow. We would look like ferny outside for a week. And then it started raining. So it turned into this like glacial parking lot where people are like wiping yeah. out all over the place. And then it just suddenly got warmer again. Um, and that would have been Monday night, Tuesday morning. So that, that very well could have been the cause of the migraine as well. Right. Then because I hadn't had enough sleep, then I wasn't able to um, emotionally regulate how that was making me feel. And I was just kind of a weepy yeah. puddle for most of the day. Aww. Yeah, <laughs> that's okay. You know, life, life is still here. I'm still here and grateful for that. But yeah, 
It's uh, it's interesting because I was like, yeah, let's talk about the ethics of like ADHD money making things and big pharma and whatever. But um, I like how we're just kind of like not knowing. I again, classic ADHD shit. I completely forgot about that text conversation that we had and that we were going to go in with that focus until you brought it up at the half hour mark. I was like, oh yeah. So I guess, you know, we'll, we'll save that for another episode. Mm. But yeah, um, that, that, that market share thing that you brought up, I think is very interesting because that's, that's something that I've been thinking about a lot too. Not so much market share in terms of like uh, uh, medicine or kind of health capture but in terms of like social media stuff, like, mm. you know, there's there's a non-zero amount of money to be made in like little lady HD cartoons on Instagram and stuff like that. Mm. And and so that that kind of perspective of it is interesting, too, um, because, of course, there's I, I, I think that, of course, self-diagnosis is valid and it's very important to kind of get the information out there so that people like you and I can say to themselves holy shit i have adhd mm -hmm. but at the same the, by the same token doesn't it feel like it's kind of marketing adhd in a yes. way <laughs> yeah i and i do wonder this too and uh it's interesting the the elder that we're fortunate to work with um in the sfu course that i'm in avon um she um alluded that possibly somebody in her family could have it mm -hmm. but she was saying that, you know, the First Nations view is like to not pathologize and to not place a label on it, to lean into the creativity of it um, rather mm -hmm. than going the medication route. Um, and I would never want to speak for her because, I mean, she's such an amazing person and speaker herself and just like a wise, wise human being. Um, but it just, yeah, it just makes me wonder about that too in that, you know, I am kind of going the traditional route to begin with, just because I need to learn how to cope with this. I feel like I'm buying myself some time. Um, but mm. uh, when I when I think of it, yeah, and the sort of like marketing thing, and because it happens all the time, like, I mean, I'm not very active on IG or Twitter that much. I'm just kind of there when I'm there. But like, how many people are kind of following me for a follow back that are just like making those cartoony ADHD things, most of which don't resonate for me because they don't really have any substance. But like when I look at somebody like Queer Vengeance, they have an incredibly like dense, like they're they're like coming from a, an academic, like really well thought out standpoint. And even somebody like Myrta, who does like the design thinking ADHD, like those are all really great. But yeah, like sometimes like I wonder that too. It's like if people listen to the podcast and then they're like, I gotta go get some medication. It's like we're 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 not necessarily. <laughs> I don't think either of us ever really would want to push that on anyone. Um, and like I said, I know people whose kids have been diagnosed and they choose not to medicate that go other ways. Like it's, it's, you know, you just hopefully have some agency on your life. Like the thing that really troubles yeah. me most about it is that, um, it, you have a completely different experience depending on how highly resourced you are. So if you have somebody, you know, to hire a tutor or get a coach or, um, you know, change eating habits or whatever, that, those things are great, but there's a lot of people out there that don't have that. Um, and medication is their first line of treatment, so to speak. But it is, um, yeah, it's fucking hard. <laughs> that's, I mean, that's all I got to say. Like, it's just like, if you're in it and like, you know, my heart goes out because here we are um, in this thing. And I'm, I'm told that some medications are hard to find right now because the pharmaceutical companies are focusing on vaccines. And like, I know as a woman in midlife, my gynecologist straight up said, the medication that would be best for you is not being made right now. And the pharmaceutical 
companies have just told us they're not prioritizing women's health. They basically just said wow. it point fucking blank. I'm like, that's great. <laughs> so, I mean, uh, that is really enraging um, no because uh, there is a medication that would help me that would be the optimal medication for me. And I can't access it because that's not what they're focusing on. Um, and yeah. this is at a time when there's a lot of stockpiled vaccines that people aren't even using. And that just frustrates me. So anyway. Uh, well, uh, let's see. You're coming up about 5-2 here. Mm-hmm. Um, is, do you have anything else that you wanted to talk about? Um, I don't think so. Maybe just kind of a reminder, I suppose, about the... Um, project that I'm doing with SFU and I am kind of running out of mental real estate about it. Um, <laughs> let's just see if I can read it. Maybe that'll help. Um, so I kind of came up with what's called, um, my theory of change or our theory of change when it comes to this. Um, so I'm just going to read it and if folks, you know, if you want to let it sit and I'll let it sit. Um, so it's kind of based on a formula they provided with us. So for us, God, Um, If we create an event, an online conduit slash portal for adult ADHDers, those that are curious and or recently discovered it, then it will be a step towards understanding and and empowerment um, because adult ADHD is real (laughs) and it's not going away and people deserve dignified options. And I just realized I read you the other one one more time. If, if we create a peer-led collective of adult ADHDers, practitioners, and community groups working together, then we will build and find resources, bust stigmas, and make treatment options accessible for all because adult ADHD is real, it is not going away, and people deserve dignified options. That's the one that I'm kind of working towards. Um, awesome. Yeah. That, that's a great, uh, I guess, thesis statement? Yeah, they call it? it theory of change. So there's something like that. Right. This is something that I really um, am wanting to do and I care about. And, you know, if folks are listening, if that's some way you want to get involved, I think that it would be great. Um, how did the Twitch thing go, by the way? I know we're wrapping up. Well, that was the next thing I was going to bring up. Um, so, yeah, I, I had got the first couple out of the way and then I had to not do a few um, because, as I mentioned, Monday, I was just... I, Felt like I was going to die. Mm. Uh, and then uh, yesterday and today, I had um, meetings with clients to pitch them on uh, styling nice. stuff. Um, and so, you know, my mornings were just kind of busy, but I'll be back to it in earnest tomorrow. But yeah, so that is, um, it's it's been going well, though, uh, a smaller turnout than, than I was expecting. But I also understand that, you know, a lot of people aren't working that early especially if you're in the pacific time zone you know uh are you are you starting like getting down to work work at 6 a.m a lot of people aren't that's a pretty small mm-hmm. uh, uh slice um but that said i i think that um the the people who have turned in have said that they found it useful and more so than anything else this is for me this this is to keep myself accountable mm. to doing four hours of dedicated work uh, uh, five days a week. So as far as I'm concerned, it's working great because, you know, every time I've done one, I've got a whole bunch of shit done. <laughs> That's great. And it, it's really, it really kind of like, I find it helps too with, um, what in prioritizing, uh, uh, language is called, uh, eating the frog, you know, do, do doing the thing that you don't want to do the, the one 
the the thing that the there's tasks in no matter what your job is that you don't like mm. and and that's kind of like i gotta eat this frog today and so a lot of people say like get eat what the first thing you do when you get to work is you fucking fill up a tall glass of water and you swallow that frog down a hole and for me the frog has been email i fucking hate email mm. and i i'm so bad at remembering to follow up with people and so i had this list of all these emails that i had to send the other day and it was just gnawing at me. It was just gnawing at the pit of my stomach. I think this was Friday morning. And I steeled myself and and I got through this list of emails that I was dreading in 17 minutes. Mm -hmm. It didn't even take one Pomodoro session to send whatever it was, nine emails that I needed to send that I'd been putting off forever. And it went so fucking fast. And I was just like, God damn it. I hate that when I actually like sit down and work, mm. stuff gets done. What bullshit is this? Who <laughs> <laughs> made this up, right? Yeah. And speaking of that, I know like our shared inbox of holy shit, I have ADHD has some unacknowledged messages in it. And I keep meaning to, you know, just go in there and even organize because uh, there's a lot of like unread, you know, just kind of newslettery type things in there and that could probably just be trashed or put into a folder. Yeah, I've been unsubbing us uh, from those when, when I see them, if it's, um, but yeah, and and uh, on that note, there was a, an email that we got, I think, yesterday or Monday um, that I didn't get around to reading till this morning. And uh, I just, yeah, um, something they were saying in, in the tail end of it was that they just really appreciated us, you know, shamelessly in a good way, mm. uh, uh, just being so, so open about this stuff and, and not, not treating... You know, um, I, I guess being willing to kind of let our guard down yeah. and 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 they were saying that that's like really inspiring to them um, because, well, like like we talked about when we started the show, a, a lot of the other kind of media in this space is very buttoned up and very kind of, for lack of a better word, career oriented. Mm -hmm. um, hmm. It's it's kind of how do I organize myself? How do I, I you know, um, communicate better with people? How do I do this mm -hmm. stuff? That's all. It, it's all kind of. Yeah, it, it's in the name of that Protestant productivity right. again. So, um, and, and we're not that. We're very much <laughs> we're very not much that. Not and that's, that. uh, I think it's cool that, <laughs> that there's room in this sea for our little fish right. as well. And speaking of little fish, if you would like to be one of the little fish swimming in the school <laughs> of our patrons over at patreon.com, you can do so at patreon.com slash holy shit, I have ADHD. Uh, there hasn't been bonus content. We're going to get some out. Um, but it's if, if you're enjoying the show and you want to kick us a little bit of money as a way of saying thank you for the work that we do, um, you know, uh, we're not going to get mad about that. Nope. We we love money. Uh, mm -hmm. And sin sinful as it is, we all got to pay our bills somehow. Yeah, exactly. So. Yeah, those are... So I can buy more birds of paradise. More birds of paradise. Yeah, you're going to become a plant daddy. <laughs> so I think I so. See, I see you've already got one back there. I was like, Jordan the plant daddy. Yeah, I got a, a snake plant and my uh, banana, or not, I keep fucking calling it a banana plant, but a bird of paradise. Nice. And then, um, yeah, one of those uh, Santa Vieria cylindricas, but the fan kind that looks like a starfish. Nice. Oh, that's yeah. gorgeous. Yes. So, yeah, just a few plants. So, yeah, just that. Uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for hanging out with us. Yeah. And um, yeah, hang in there. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah we'll talk to you next or next time catch you soon if you enjoyed holy shit i have adhd 
Subscribing to and reviewing it on your podcast platform of choice helps more neurodivergent folks find us, as does following and promoting the show on social media. A full list of platforms is on our Anchor page at anchor.fm forward slash holy shit, I have ADHD. While you're there, why not leave us a voicemail? You can also share your thoughts on this episode or your own ADHD experiences with us at, you guessed it, holy shit, I have ADHD at gmail.com or via our social media pages in the episode notes. Bye for now and hyper focus on the positives.